This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm excited today. We got a newer GoBundance guy, but not a guy that I'm not familiar with. I think that's the way I'm supposed to say that. I'm familiar with him even prior to GoBundance. He's got an amazing brand. His name is his name is David Perret. Many of you may already know him. He's an investor. He's an entrepreneur. He hosts a hell of a podcast, and he's the founder of From Multi. I'm sorry, From Military. I got multifamily in my brain. From Military <laughs> to Millionaire, uh, which has a big following on Instagram. It's it's the title of the podcast. He's got content service for for his military brothers and sisters for days just an amazing dude so first thank you for your service and second welcome brother well thank you very much i uh, enjoyed most of what i did while i was in and uh thanks for having me on the show man this is fun we uh I forget what I messaged you about. I messaged you about something totally different. And then yeah. I was like, oh, but by the way, if you do need a guest, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I always, I always need <laughs> abundance guys. I love hearing stories. And we got to know each other a little bit through the enrollment process, but give me a little bit of backstory on you. So you obviously had a military career, but what predated that and take us all the way through now? Oh, dude, uh, if you want to get super, I don't want to really, I don't know how to unpack this on a podcast, but <laughs> this like gut checked me at the GoBundance event last week when they started talking about uh, reading the book Unlovable and uh, Trauma. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I was like, I've never thought about any of this as trauma. I've always joked that I was like this homeschooled, sheltered weirdo. And I'd never like put two and two together. That that's like 100% why I have imposter syndrome now. So uh, when you ask me about my past, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I had a great great childhood, great parents, great everything. They were religious, like a uh, marriage counselor, missionary. Uh, so very traditional. And then I was homeschooled. And so like, I'm kind of a rebellious out there, say the thing that everyone's thinking no one wants to say kind of guy. And that totally didn't blend in my, my upbringing. So I found myself mm-hmm. like constantly having to like, you know, whatever, um, live through this, like, almost act out past this like homeschooled weirdo like thing to try to fit in. Um, so I think that's part of why I joined the Marine Corps actually is because like you talk to the Marines and they're like, Oh, you know, spirit decor, uh, you know, camaraderie, honor, courage, commitment, everyone gets along, everybody loves everyone. And I didn't have money for school. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't know what I wanted to study and I wanted to leave Arkansas. And then you couple all that with like, man, I really just want to belong to something that's bigger than myself. And, uh, <laughs> off to wherever I went, you know, yeah. off to boot camp it was. So, uh, but yeah, before that, so I grew up in, grew up in Arkansas as a, just a normal dude, played a little baseball, played a little rugby and uh pretty straight laced kid. Yeah. So what, what branch did you go into? The Marines. Marines. And what was that? Like, so you, did you start out with like, Hey, I'm just going to do my four years. Did you, did you go beyond that? What did that look like for you? What was your military career? Yeah, I did four years. And, uh, as, as the original plan was four years, get out, go to school. I'll know what I want to study then. And that turned into 13 years. And then uh, actually that ended this like four, three and a half months ago in October. Uh, but I'm in the reserves technically right now, kind of. I don't really know what that is uh, as far as, so I switched into the reserves and I've done one training and I haven't figured out if I'm going to continue with that or not yet. Cause it's, not as fulfilling as building companies um, or business or brand or anything else. And so 
I don't have to make that decision, I don't think, until like April or May. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, well, but yeah, so technically still in the military, I guess. But what what is it? So you were in 13 years. Like, I don't know much about the military or, you know, law enforcement. But I, I think of I think of military careers beyond four years as like having round numbers behind them. Like if you're in four, you're in 20 because at 20, you get a pension. Like why 13? Like, what is it about 13? What, 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 what is it about that year? Or why did you get out at that point? I mean, I know you built a brand, you got military to millionaire, all that stuff, but what made you exit uh, or at least become a, a reservist? Yeah, you're right. Most people do either four or they get out before 10. And then if they make it to 10, they kind of gut it out all the way. And yeah. I met this guy, Doug Nordman. He runs a website called The Military Guide, wrote a book on uh, like military finance. He's kind of like the the godfather of like military financial independence through like index funds and 401ks and stuff. And I met him and we were talking. And one of the things he said to me was, he was like, man, if I'd thought about joining the reserves, I would have done it. And I was like, well, why? He's like, well, because you're active duty. Like you get to a point where you're just kind of like, I need to gut out the next six years to get my pension. But the reality is you could transfer into the reserves and, and a lot of things change on how that works, but you still get the benefits. You still get the pension. Uh, and if you're at a financial spot where you can do that, like why stick it out with something you no longer enjoy? So for me, the reason I no longer enjoyed it, part of it probably has to do with me attaining financial freedom and building business and a brand and everything. But I think the main part was just when I first joined, it was Afghanistan was kicking off. I, you know, I went to in the first four years, I was stationed in Japan for two years. And then while in Japan, I spent seven or eight months in Afghanistan. I went to Tokyo. I went to the Philippines. I went to Thailand. I went to Korea. I went to Guam. I went to Germany. Uh, I flew to Canada, flew to Alaska, went to California uh, two or three times. Like awesome, awesome, awesome time. Got to do all kinds of super cool training, super cool stuff, traveling. The, I mean, it was the adventure of a lifetime. And then I tried out for special forces. I blew out my knee and the Marine Corps gave me orders to be a recruiter. And so now it's like, I'll be standing in a high school and tell kids about why they should join the military. Not as fun. Uh, and then I got one, by the time that was over, I got back to the normal Marine Corps unit, all the deployments were gone. And so there's not as much funding for training. You're not traveling as much. You're not, you know, and then I got promoted. And then it was like the culmination of all this. I basically found myself at one point sitting in a windowless office. We call them a SCIF, Special Compartmentalized Information Facility. It's it's like the when you watch a movie and you have to get like badged in like 10 times, you can't have your phone or your keys. And yeah. So I found myself sitting in this like windowless vault where I couldn't even access Gmail for like seven, eight, nine hours a day. And I was like, this sucks. This yeah. is not fulfilling anymore. Uh, so then that happened. And I had two years left on my current enlistment. And that was like right when things started to take off. So it was like my fulfillment in the military was kind of draining and my finances were getting to a point where I was like, I can take this full time. Let's, let's, let's see what happens. Interesting. Wow. All right. So, so you are, you're a variety guy. It sounds like, you know, like the six human needs, like you need that, that movement, that excitement, that constant, uh, uh, you know, like jumping around. Like that's what excited you about the military was being was variety. So what is it about, what is it about business now? And we'll go back and I want to unpack like where you started, you know, like what's the first thing that you did in business and in real estate and all that stuff. But what is it about, like you said, uh, uh, I've realized that building my brand and building businesses, that's more fulfilling. And when you think about the military and the service and the the noble cause that it is of you being in there, like what is it about your your brand and your businesses and building those that is fulfilling? Well, I think there's a couple of things. So one is, uh, one of the books I read as I was trying to sort out what to do was Wild at Heart. Mm -hmm. And 
that was the first book I think that really gut checked and like made it a point to me to understand that the lack of adventure in my life was part of what was eating me alive. And so mm. I felt just like, you know, dead to the world. And it was like, I'm stuck in military and business and entrepreneurship and whatever. And I have no social life. I have no, like, I would, I, I got to the point where at one point I had to write into my journal, like, you will go sit at the pool and read a book for an hour. You will stop working today for an hour. And, uh, so I wasn't going on trips, you know, the Marine Corps at first I was traveling the world. I was deploying. I was, you know, I was driving over a roadside bomb and like, it's not exactly fun, but it's exciting. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, and so there was like all this adventure and then it, it just kind of became more of a desk job as I got promoted and ended up in different units. And so that part kind of went away and then I'm coupled with all this other stuff. So now what it is, is this allowed me to, I mean, it allowed me to go to you know Park City last week and go snowmobiling with a bunch of dudes. And uh, it's allowing me, I'm going to Breckenridge in three weeks. I've been, you know, so I've been able to get some of that travel in, but then also as fulfilling as the Marine Corps or the military in general is, and it, it is it's yeah. super fulfilling, super purposeful. I was very passionate about it. There's a lot of, I won't say like bureaucratic stuff, but like yeah. I wasn't the big man on the totem pole. I couldn't say, this is a great idea. Let's do it. I could say, this is a really cool idea. Let me email you a full PowerPoint presentation and see if you decide that it's also a good idea. And then it, maybe I'll change the font three times before you read it and then it'll get red penned and then I'll send it to someone else and then they won't like the idea. So it'll come back and I'll change it. And then, you know, it was like, That's awesome. okay. Whereas yeah. now it's like, well, well, kind of what we shared before the show. Yeah. Uh, I just like someone just sent me a video. Someone I know just sent me a video of a free personal finance PowerPoint that I built out with the intention of people being able to give it to their unit for like, Hey, here's how you use your TSP. Here's what a VA loan is like just basic like three, maybe four minutes per like slide, 12 slides, simple stuff. And someone just sent me a video of it being like shown at boot camp to like 200 people. And I had no idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just directly impacted 200 kids who are sitting in a seat thinking like, man, I'm at boot camp and I hate my life right now. This guy's yelling at me all the time. Oh, hey, look, this guy is teaching me how to get make money. Like, um, if I had known that when I joined the military, I mean, I would be so much better off than I am now. Yeah. So it's just a totally different kind of fulfilling. Like being a Marine is amazing. Uh, being able to know that maybe 10% of those guys, maybe 20 of the people in that room will pay attention. And if 20 of those people make the right allocation on their TSP, they're all going to be better off than I am. And I'm doing okay. So I love that, man. Well, you're talking about impact, true impact. Like you were in the skiff, I think you called it. I can't remember the SCIF, right? Where you're you're five, five uh 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 key cards deep and you can't even access Gmail in a white room doing nothing. Like, what's the real impact that you can make in that space? I could see how that's not fulfilling versus seeing an entire unit, 200 people in boot camp watching content that you put together for them to fuel their financial future. Like, hmm, which one, which one feels better? Like, you know, it's it's yeah. the the nobility of the military and being a veteran, of course, is there, but the impact that you've had or can have outside of that is where it seems like it's most fulfilling for you, which is really, really cool, man. Wild at heart, by the way, who wrote that? Do you know the author? Oh, it's oh, it's the son of some other famous author. Um, is it rude if I pull <laughs> well, up the Google monster while we we'll, talk? No, we'll, we'll drop yeah. it out. We'll drop it. We'll find it. We'll drop it I'll, on the show. I'll tell you this because you're interviewing yeah. him soon. Brandon Turner's son, Wilder, is named after that book. So no uh, he, was, he was the one who recommended that book to me. And it's just like a super simple read about like 
why as men, we need to have adventure in our life and like, just be wild, be free. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like that's, that's the it. solution. That's yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, that's amazing. Is it? Is it any man would get benefit from it, or or any oh, person, absolutely. or is it only somebody that's like got that sort of that that need to like I need to move every three years. I feel like, or I, you know what I mean. Like, is it just that guy? That's such I, true. Well, I think that guy would definitely benefit from it. I think anyone would benefit <laughs> from it. I think anybody. I mean, it's the the whole idea of you know a lion in the zoo acting different than a lion on a safari, right? Mm. And so I think fundamentally every guy could probably benefit from it even if they would be the guy who prefers to watch you know play video games all day and not leave the house makes sense all right let's go back into uh like kind of where you got started uh as far as being a businessman entrepreneur all of that stuff what was sort of step a step one where was it when was it well all of that stuff probably august or september of 2015 i was a recruiter uh this guy named tyson and i won't mention his last name uh was basically trying to I don't know if the word would be enlist or solicit. Uh, I don't, I don't, he, he was in Amway and he approached me about this great opportunity. And uh, ironically, my dad had been in Amway way earlier. Mine too. And, mine too. Yeah. And my dad was like, probably not worth your time. I was like, yeah, oh, thanks. Um, but the one thing that came out of that, right? I went to the one thing, the event, I actually signed up. And then as soon as I signed up, he dropped me from like, oh, you're not important anymore. You signed up. I hope you helped you have success, you know, whatever. And I was like, Ah, uh, this sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. so then I dropped off. But uh, I, he handed me Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he was like, "You should read this book." And I was like, "I don't read." Like, like, so I didn't enjoy reading because in high school you read really tedious, Kill a mockingbird. I, yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah, I don't care I about burning witches. It might make a decent movie, but it's not a good book to read when you're 16 as a dude. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, I had read maybe one book since high school, uh, Lone Survivor, a book I read it while I was in Afghanistan about some SEALs and good book. But, you know, I hadn't read anything nonfiction since high school. And I was like, dude, I don't read. And he, so he, I kid you not, pulls a CD out of his pocket and he's like, you drive a lot, put this in the car. And I was he's like, ready. Yeah. Oh, got me. Like, I can't, I can't say no. Like you called my bluff. So I was like, fine. I'll. So like begrudgingly, I'm like, fine, I'll listen to your stupid book. Uh, by the time I finished that book, I had already downloaded Audible. I had found like half the Purple Library. So I read from that. I went to like ABCs of real estate and taxes and, and, and yeah, cash flow quadrant. You know, went down the Purple Library. And then I'm as I'm reading these books, I'm like stopping on the side of the road to be like, oh, what is that word? Google. And lo and behold, I find bigger pockets. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, the book on rental properties, the book on no one low money down, and the book on, and within. I wish I wish that I could see the timestamp for when I finished Rich Dad Poor Dad, but obviously it was a CD, so I don't have it. Sure, sure. But it was fall, sometime in the fall of 2015, and mm-hmm. I closed on my first duplex December 28th of 2015. So I mean, I was it was a quick move, and it wasn't wow. because I was that fast. It was just like circumstances kind of lined up. My lease on the apartment was coming up. Uh, my Harley, you know, because I had made all kinds of great financial decisions beforehand. So, um, but my Harley got totaled and I used that as the down payment on the property. And then, uh, cause I had no net worth. I was, I mean, I had a little bit of money in my 401k, but a whole lot more debt. So I was probably 10 or 15,000 in the hole net worth wise. Um, wow. I just, you know, happened to, I lucked into finding the decent duplex. I still own it and did the old house hack. I lived in one half. I rented the other half. Uh, seven months later, I got stationed in Hawaii, which was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, then I started cash flowing on the duplex. I was like, wow, this is proof of concept. This is awesome. 
And it just kind of grew from there. I was fortunate enough in that first like six months in Hawaii that I, I ran into this bearded friend of ours who lives out there. And, um, and then I met a whole bunch of other people, but Brandon actually is, is, well, since he's going to be on the show, he is the, like the full credit for why my brand exists. It was 100% his idea as a solution to a problem I had. And, uh, yeah, man, it's crazy how fast things go. I don't know. Isn't that interesting? I met with him in steamboat. I knew him, you know, I was on the podcast like you, I was on the podcast, you know, I don't know him like you do. I didn't live, you know, in Hawaii, but I, you know, know him well enough. Bumped into him in Steamboat like the last night. This was a summer event uh, in 2021 as we record this, we're in 2022. Um, and he's just, for the first time, he was alone, right? Because he goes to any event, even to go abundance event. Like guys are like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, he gets swarmed, right? So first time he was just standing there alone, literally bumped into him. Like I was backing up like, oh, he's, you know, he's like 11 foot three. I'm four foot one, right? Yeah, so he, you, you know, bumped I, into his kneecaps. His kneecaps, right? Yeah. So <laughs> and we got to talk. He's like, hey, man, I, I see the stuff you're putting out. Like, what, what, are, what, are, you, what are you seeing here? Like, what, what, what's going on with you meeting for me? And I'm like, ah, here's what I'm thinking. And he gave me such great brand advice around this whole idea of like leaving a corporate job in your 40s and all of that stuff. Like even key phrases to use, ways to market it. I mean, it's just like, it just opened up for me. And it wasn't like, it wasn't that like he gave me hacks or tricks, but he gave me like the vehicle to pursue the purpose that I have. And it sounds like he did the same for you. So proximity to guys like that can, yeah. can absolutely unlock you. So what did you, I'm curious, like, so I don't read uh, to, I read this book and then I read an entire library. Um, what does what how does that inform you today? Like, do you do anything differently today? Like, who who is the guy today that gets presented with a book or an idea or, or something like that versus the guy then? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing that you do more with, like, suggestions or whatever. But, like, how it, it, the intentionality you have today versus where you were going then. Can you just talk about that shift? Were, were, you, were you in the room the first day we were doing, or maybe it was the second day, when we were doing the interviews at GoBundance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one of the guys shared that his friend wrote a book on uh, overcoming imposter syndrome. I don't know if you caught. So I no. was the guy in the back of the room who was like, what's the name of the book? That was you. That was, yeah. So I'm like yelling, like, wait, hang on now. You can't like so already three chapters into the book. So um, yeah. yeah, I, I guess, I mean, at this point, I, I think I just looked it up. I mean, I've read hundreds of books on audible at this point. Um, I actually read it like two and a half times speed. Cause I'm ADHD yeah. and I, I you know yeah. try to get a whole bunch of stuff compressed. And then if I get something really valuable out of the book, I'll, or or feel like I missed something, I'll buy the physical copy and then I'll highlight through it. And then I'll read like uh, the new Ray Dalio book. I, uh, I'm like halfway through it and I've already ordered it. So I'm like, yep, I'm missing stuff. This is too much. Uh, <laughs> I do the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think now it's, so when I first started, it was like read, consume everything. Now it's much more of a like, okay, I'm struggling with uh my time. So I'm going to read uh, the book I just finished, which was awesome, was uh, Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, all about you know time management and setting boundaries for your schedule. Like, I will not do this. And uh, that's been very helpful. Reading this book on imposter syndrome, because no matter how much I recognize that I have it, it still bites me in the butt. Um, and so I'm trying to like intentionally read books like that or like traction or, or something where I'm going to like, I, I, it solves a problem or a need that I have. Uh, and then can take action on it right away. Um, so. What's the name of the book first off? The name of the imposter syndrome book? Oh, uh, I think it's just called like Overcoming the Imposter. It's by, I want to say Mark Kelso, Chris Kelso. Uh, I will 
I'll text you the. No, yeah, absolutely. And we'll, again, we'll drop it in the show notes. But that that's that's good. But the other question I I ask, but like, look, so on the surface at least, you know, you've got this big brand. I don't know, forty fifty thousand followers on Instagram at this point, which is a significant size brand. You've got uh, the exactly what your brand is. You went from military to millionaire. You you know you you exited at a young age, early. Like you know, most guys or gals in the military would be like, uh, you're only seven years away or whatever it might be. Like, how do you just leave it? Right. All, you've done all this incredible stuff. You go from August 2015, getting a purple book or CD to December of that year closing. Not like you found it six months later. You closed five months later on your first duplex and you're in Hawaii. and you meet Where's the imposter syndrome? What is the imposter syndrome? Describe that for me. The imposter syndrome's in the brand. So it's, it's, mm. in, the, it's in the being of a public figure and it's in the... I would I would imagine the biggest way to, that it manifests itself is in the idea of a governor. And so I this is kind of the realization people talk about like a thermostat, you know, for like yeah. your wealth. Yeah. Uh, I would kind of view like that's part of it. Um, and I'm working on that. But I also feel like I have like a like a governor. So on, you know, a car that could do 200,000 or 200,000, 200 miles an hour, sure. they may limit it to 140, you know, so that you don't kill yourself or whatever. Or if you have a rental car, they probably limit that thing to 90, Um, you know, something like that. And so it comes out for me, I think the most when it's like, I could probably lay the pedal down here. Like I could probably go all out and I'm holding myself. Like you can just kind of, it's like when you're, Mm. I guess, I guess like a, a good representation would be when you're like 17 years old and you're wrestling a friend and you know, in your head, like I could probably snap this guy in two right now but I'm going to hold back a little bit so that it's, so it's like, I could win this right now, but I don't want to go all the way because I don't want to hurt that person. Well, you probably wouldn't hurt them if you just let off, you know, if you went all the way and did the thing, but like people, it seems like people hold themselves back. Um, I am terrible about it. Like I will, I will, uh, prime example is that I had this great idea for a mastermind group for service members like two and a half years ago. And for six months I had the idea. And I said, oh, who am I to start that? And I had the idea and said, oh, I don't know how to start that. And I had the idea. And it finally started when a friend of mine came up and said, hey, I've been thinking about doing this. You want to do it? And I was like, yes, now I have permission. Um, oh. And so it's, it's things like that. Um, I've gotten a lot better. Yeah, and I've sure. gotten to the point where I can recognize it and be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to hire myself out of that role so I get out of my way. Uh, but I still struggle with the idea of, um, you know, like, publicly saying like, look at what I've done or publicly saying like, like sharing success stories or, or sharing, uh, you know, income or, or going all out on, on something that I think is going to win. Like I still find myself holding myself back on things. So, you know, it's interesting you bring this up and this is so, so, uh, I don't know, aligned with where I am right now. You talk about park city. I sat down, I, we, I stayed with my pot off property. You you can listen to the, the episode I did on recap from park city. I kind of go through how I did park city, you know, off property Airbnb with my pot. And one of the things, one of the guys in my pod leaned over and mind you, this is a guy that started in the, uh, uh, low income housing development space like recently and now has like seven deals. And if you don't know anything about that space, nor do I really, but like the income he makes off of these because of developer fees and government, this, that, and the other contracts is like millions per big, big money, right? He's doing amazing things. We're all sitting at a table, having a drink, chit-chatting, like three, four different conversations. There's five of us there. And he leans over and he goes, you're the biggest action taker in this pod. And it's like, BS, man. That was like just right behind your head. No BS. It was like bullshit. No, no, that's not me. That's you, right? Like you, you've done this, you've done that. And we're going back and forth. And I I, I kind of like signal to another guy who wasn't paying attention. Another guy in my pot. Hey, hey, 
who's the biggest action taker in the pod? And he points at me and he goes one and then points at my buddy and says two. Like me, like not me. They're like the changes you've made in your life, all of that stuff. But still, I don't believe that version of me, right? Talk about the imposter. I don't believe the version others see of me. I feel like at any point in time, I'm going to be found out as this massive fraud. (laughs) And I'm at the space where I'm kind of like you said, like a governor, a a thermostat, like I feel like there's this there's this ceiling and there's a hole somewhere to get out of it, but I just don't know where it is. So like you read the book on imposter syndrome. Is there anything else that you're that you do or that you have done or that you're learning to do to un- unblock yourself? Because I need to know. <laughs> it's, it's so so real quick. It's funny you mentioned that story because a true imposter syndrome uh, thought is you asked me before the call if there's anything that you shouldn't ask me. I was like, no, I'm an open book, right? And you're like, well, we're going to dig into the one sheet. I'm like, that's cool. I'm an open book. Yeah. In the back of my head, it was like, I'm like, oh man, is I hope, I don't know what questions he's going to ask. What if he asks a question that I don't like, I don't, I don't want to be found out. Like, yeah. So that's totally a thing. Always, um, always. Dude, the, the best answer I can tell you is what you're already doing. It's go abundance. And it's not, doesn't necessarily have to be go abundance. It's people. It is surrounding yeah, yourself with yeah. people who are farther down the path than you want to go. And essentially just being like, hey, am I doing this right? Cool. Thanks. Um, it's not even like asking. It's weird because it almost feels like asking permission sometimes. Yeah. But it's it's not like a, hey, do you think I can do this? It's like a, hey, tell me that I'm not like losing my mind here so that I can give myself permission to go yeah. after this thing. Um, and I mean, that happened. Uh, you know, It happens with the right. I mean. There's a recurring theme in my life where every time I bump into Brandon Turner, something crazy seems to happen. And I don't want to put that on him. And I don't <laughs> think people need to swarm him. It right. just, he just has, a, he just resonates, right? With yeah. the kind of the things I'm doing. And like three months ago, we're at Bigger Pockets conference and we were sitting down for coffee. I pulled him aside, you know, like, hey, I know you want to be saved from all these people. Let's go hide somewhere. And I'd love to just talk about life. And uh, I had a problem. And just like a, a thought, couldn't find the solution. Like I'm trying to think about how to partner with a mortgage company, or how to start a mortgage company, how to build a mortgage company, how to do this thing. And he was like, just hire a CEO and build it or partner with one that already exists. It was like the simplest answer in the world. And it totally changed how I think about things. But it gave me permission to just reach out to several friends. Be like, hey, you ever thought about partnering on this? Like what, here's what I could bring. And uh, we're in negotiations with attorneys right now on a contract to draft some official stuff up. And it's like, I... I hadn't even thought about the idea of just going to something that was already totally in place, knowing my value in the marketplace and saying, I can help you do X. If that sounds good to you, let's go. And, I, was, you know, so it's it's just surrounding yeah. yourself with people who think bigger than you or have done what you already want to do or they're further down the road because the people farther ahead are never going to, they're never going to tell you you're an idiot. They're not going to tell I love you to slow down. Yeah. No, I love that because you're right. Like the, if I think about the the time in GoBundance specifically, that's the group I chose to be in, right? I, I was intentional about finding my way there, as have you. Uh, it's really that that's gotten me here. And then there's great concepts in a book like Gap in the Game. I love that book. That's a Benjamin Hardy, Dan Sullivan book. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. It's a really easy read. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. So it just talks about that principle of like, we always are looking ahead at the ideal and we give ourselves stress and anxiety and pain and anger that we're not where we want to be. Meanwhile, where we are right now is where we wished we would be three years ago. Like if you told us where we are now, whoever, this isn't you, me, but anybody where you are now, likely if you said to three year ago version of you that this is going to be your life, you might be like, oh, that'd be cool. But you don't recognize it. You're focused on the gap, not the gain that you've made. You're focused on the upcoming gap, not the gain that you've made. So those are sort of some of the principles. And then, I, I mean, I've gone talk about reading. I've gone down a rabbit hole on like, you ever hear the book, Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan? 
No, I have not. Now we're getting into like ayahuasca and, and psychedelics oh. and stuff like that. <laughs> so military. My mind, yeah, right. My mind is just going into so many different places of what's like, what are some things that I see other people like, you know, the Joe Rogans and Tim Ferris's and very successful guys in go abundance, you know, utilizing that therapeutically to, to sort of, you know, like you said, change those patterns and change that thermostat or release that governor or whatever it might be. That's, that's amazing, man. So what does, <laughs> What does the business look like today? What is your, what, what are you at? What's portfolio wise or the, from mil, military to millionaire brand? Like, give me an idea of what this all looks like. What are the tentacles? <laughs> Chaos. Chaos. Uh, <laughs> so thank God for people like, uh, you know, David Osborne, I guess, for a prime example, who, or Richard Branson or uh, Elon Musk, who don't have one really successful thing that they focused on because otherwise people like me would just feel like I'm a mess because yeah. uh, I'm all over the place. So I have, uh, we got six LLCs, four of them are real estate, uh, just holding companies for rentals. One is an active, so uh, off-market deals, wholesaling, flipping, you know, buying stuff and then renovating it and putting it in the rental portfolio. And then the sixth one is the brand. Um, and so that's, I guess, realistically, I consider it like three businesses right now with another one or two that I'm, you know how the game goes. I go to go and I'm like, Ooh, I had a great idea. Um, so we'll see. I got to figure out how to build that without me being involved. Uh, Cause otherwise it won't happen. So the three are the brand, the buying off market deals and then all the rentals. And they just kind of like the money just kind of goes bucket to bucket down to the rentals right now. Uh, I think we're sitting at like 107 doors that I either own hundred percent, 50% or 33% of that's mm-hmm. uh, a 40 unit hotel, uh, three smaller apartments and a whole bunch of one to four units. Um, I would have known the exact number, except we've bought and sold like six houses in the last couple of weeks. And I don't remember yeah. where we're at. Uh, so, you know, no, um, it makes sense. And then I'm a, I'm a small general, small partner as a GP on a syndication and uh, partnering on another one right now uh, with Matt Faircloth that should close here in about a month. Um, so what does that kinda, look like? What does that look like? You're a small GP. Are you just capital raising, leveraging your audience? Like what, what does that look like to be a small GP? What are the, if you yeah. don't mind? The roles are a little bit different in both, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's raising and then like investor relations. And on the first one, I actually flew out and did the, walked and did the due diligence and everything on this one, uh, much more just the kind of investor relations and helping with the raise, um, which is just a whole new world for me uh, and really weird. And uh, in the fact that this is a 506C and a whole lot of my audience Mm -hmm. is not accredited. And so I didn't, didn't put that together. Yeah. As far as being a challenge, uh, until I was like, "Woohoo, let's go!" And then everybody was like, "Not accredited, not accredited, not accredited." I was like, "Huh?" So, um, so done a little bit of that. So that's like the, the rental stuff we've done. We've got five or six wholesales slash flips going on right now. Uh, I, I say five or six because we got a text last night from a seller that said, "I don't think I want to sell anymore. We're supposed to close on Friday," and I'm like. Um really know what we do here yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you can't yeah. like i don't know that you can like put a gun to someone's head and be like no you will sell me the house oh <laughs> like, you're military not, you got it's not background. the ethical way to do it right. well that's true that's true <laughs> yeah. you know, doesn't make me feel good or sleep well <laughs> uh so we got all that the brand is and the brand is growing so fast it's kind of crazy where we're at right now so uh we are at like forty five thousand on instagram almost uh, thirty eight thousand in the facebook group fifty thousand on tiktok uh, you know, closing in on 10,000 downloads a month with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which isn't the podcast is probably like the smallest of the the different arms, but it's just fun because you get to talk to people and hang out uh, and yeah. learn a lot, make connections. Uh, so we've probably got about 200,000 people across all platforms now. Uh, and it's crazy because like dude, the, the Facebook group grew, grew 19% in the last 30 days. And so wow. it's like, why? It's like, uh, oh, TikTok. Okay. I, I think TikTok, <laughs> honestly, because um, my TikTok went from 20,000 to 50,000 in a month. Wow. And I got like 250 emails from that happening, which is, I've gotten more engagement from TikTok than I have any other platform. And I laughed about TikTok for like a year and a half. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, I, this is so infinitely more powerful than anything sure. else I'm doing. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the brand. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's, yeah. No, that's great, man. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. I, the TikTok thing is interesting. I've just started really diving into that with the the social media team that I have. It's sort of like taking whatever I would do on Reels and putting it in TikTok. It's sort of like the same content, but uh, I haven't seen that kind of growth yet. So I'll have to maybe uh, uh, figure out what you did, <laughs> hack, hack your brain and figure out what the heck you did. So, um, all right, let's talk about, let's dive into the one sheet. We're going to go through uh, the different pillars of the one sheet. You are uh, what, about two months in as a GoBundance member at this point? Probably. Yeah. Not, right. not much more than that. Just about. And you've got your first event under your belt, of course. And we, if we have time, we'll talk about maybe key takeaways from that above and beyond what you uh, what you said. But let's start in the horizontal income pillar. So if you're comfortable sharing, what is your current horizontal income and how many lines of income is that? Yeah. So uh, I put, so it's kind of complicated. Um, I I'm learning that I'm going to have to revamp a lot of this through the, uh, through the <laughs> event, but I put 52,000 for horizontal income last year. Uh, I didn't include any of my brand. I didn't include like, that was just like real estate. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, net whatever. Uh, so I guess if you count each property as a line, it's like 20, 25 lines. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now talking to people, I'm realizing I could probably count at least part of the brand because like if when I was gone last week, things kept happening because I have an assistant, some VAs. And um, so it really kind of depends on how you how you skin that cat. But what does the brand look like? What do you say? Right? Like what do you, what happens in the brand? Do you have weekly calls? Like what does that look like? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So it's uh, I mean, so the biggest revenue driver in the brand uh, as a, as a revenue side is, is referrals. So I'm a licensed real estate agent. People are always hounding me for introductions to agents and, and lenders who understand the VA loan. And so I'm just like, Oh yeah, I got, I've been the last two years, agents have been hitting me up and, and I've gotten to know people enough to know like, Hey, this guy actually knows what he's doing. Sure. And so I was just, I, I'm a connector. So I was just introducing people. And one day a, a, a mutual friend of ours, David Green was, was like, you know, if you were licensed, you could, asked for like 25% of the commission for that introduction. And I was like, huh, I should get licensed. I'm already doing that. I should probably <laughs> take advantage of this. And that's like a, that's a, I make, we average between 10 and 15,000 a month in, uh, in that from, from like email introductions. And my assistant sends the emails. My assistant sends this, sends the referral form. My fist assistant updates the CRM. Uh, I'm totally and, hands off. And you're not counting that as horizontal. Yeah, so that was that was what I got check, got checked on this week because I'm like, well, I'm in the brand, I'm I'm filming videos all the time, I'm making content, it's totally active, and then like talking to people, I'm like, oh, you know, actually, uh, <laughs> I haven't not. personally sent one of those emails in like three months, yeah. So maybe yeah. that is horizontal. Um, I mean, I build all the relationships, so I sure. I'm vetting the agents, I'm vetting the lenders, I'm talking to all of everybody and and finding people and whatever. 
I'm just not having to send all the, you know, in the inbox, sending all the meaningless, uh, not meaningless, but but like very easy to template out of like, hey, I've CC'd so-and-so and this is everything you need to know about that person. Now I can copy that. And anytime I send an email introduction to that person, I just copy the intro. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, makes sense. All systematized. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go over to the health side. How about weight and body fat percentage? Ooh, fat. Uh, so this is <laughs> this is this is the struggle, right? So uh, and we're not going to out of blue, probably don't need to get super, <laughs> super into the weeds on this. But man, you want to talk people say getting out of the military is rough. And I was like, I've got this figured out. I'm financially free. I have a purpose. I am set. And then I moved back to the Midwest and there's like no Marines around me. And I was like, I have to not swear at people and I have to like behave and watch what I say. And I can't just talk about crude locker room stuff all day. Like we do in the Marine Corps and like, just tell people like, you're a jerk. Why don't you leave me alone? <laughs> like I have yeah. to be nice. And um, so I, I'm actually, I'm kind of going down this journey. I'm going to make content about this eventually, but there's like this whole, so the military talks about PTSD from combat and they talk about like, don't beat your spouse. Don't get a DUI. You know, PTSD shows up as you like, not sleeping and hitting the ground when a firework goes off. I never experienced any of that. Uh, the sleeping thing, maybe, but sure. you know, the rest of it, whatever. And then I get out and I, so I ran a half Ironman in August and I was wow. 210, 211 pounds. And by November, I was 30, 35 pounds heavier while Crazy. training for a full Ironman and my diet hadn't really changed. And I'm like, okay, that's an insane amount of weight to gain. Like, what's going on? So I started chasing the tail. And that bull versus bear discussion really hit home because I had just started testosterone treatment because mine was in the gutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I found out through Joe Rogan podcasts and connecting and whatever, there's this whole side of PTSD and traumatic brain injury and stuff where like, essentially what I'm trying to figure out, like trying to piece together is I think me driving over an IED, I'm totally fine. I've, I've always felt totally fine, but I think that was like a traumatic brain injury, which is whatever, but nothing ever came of it. And when I got out, it was like the stress of getting out just like triggered something. And all of a sudden there's like a direct connection between like having a TBI to PTSD, to low testosterone, to sleep apnea. And it was like, all of that just hit me. And so, yeah, so uh, health is the, probably the lowest pillar. Uh, I am still training for the full Ironman. I'm supposed to run in May and the weight is finally coming back down as I'm getting all that stuff fixed. So just kind of hoping that that comes back where it needs to go as fast as it needs to go. But wow, yeah, I'm, man. I'm like 35 pounds over where I want to be. Well, that's, 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 thanks for explaining all of that. that you're, you're so right. Like there's, there's so much there. Like I, I had a, a, a discussion with my holistic, I have a holistic doctor, right? Like this doctor, I go, we, we, we have quarterly visits or whatever. And, um, She's like, yeah, you know what the best thing you did for your health was? I'm like, no, she's like, quit your job. I'm like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, you light up when you talk about what you do now, but before, you, you know, not so much. So, like, th- it's funny how we think about, like, okay, what about carbs? What about, you know, this? What about that? You know, like all the, the stuff that's kind of on the surface, but at the base of it, to your point, is this underlying condition of PTSD that you just didn't, you know, recognize or want yeah. to recognize or whatever it might be. Insane. I appreciate you sharing that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sh- long answer short, uh, overweight, hoping to get skinny again, you know, <laughs> <laughs> how about family? Tell me a little bit about the family. What does that look like? Yeah. I got a wife and I got two kids. I got a, a five-year-old son and a, a 13-year-old uh, stepson, son, whatever. Um, and then we've got uh, a little Corgi named Winston mm. and uh, we live on 10 acres in Missouri in a little house, you know, got a four-wheeler and we cruise around and 
I, the last year and a half I was active duty, my, my spouse and family had moved back to Missouri to take her old job and go back to school uh, for the kids, go back to their normal school and everything. Cause California was just rough um, as far as all of that. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, I'm transitioning. Like I can focus on the business. I can really dig in and go all in on this and you can get everything set up. And when I come back, it'll be great. Uh, which was great in practice, but probably the worst decision we made relationship wise. Cause it has been rough coming back into the picture. You know, they've got their own habits. They've got their own routines. I haven't been around. Uh, so like, while logically everything worked, I hit financial freedom. I was able to leave the military and whatever. Um, it's been a rough adjustment. So part of what I'm doing, the reason I read free to focus is I'm starting to set rules, like no scheduled calls after 5 PM, no scheduled call, no, no, nothing on Sunday. Like I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to a call or two on a Saturday here and there, but, uh, I was so focused on growth that I wasn't enjoying life with them at all. And so, you know, this really hit home when, uh, well, shoot. Uh, so I'm just now getting to the point where I've like cleared out my schedule from the things I did have already scheduled after 5 p.m. I showed up at the house at maybe 5.15, two days ago. And my five-year-old looks at me and he was like, oh, dad, you're home early. What are you doing home so early? And it was uh-huh. just like, Ugh, well, uh-huh. this is what we're doing. So uh, funny. I'm right there with you right now. I'm, I'm trying to clear out after five. I've, I've done all right, but I got one or two things that are kind of lingering. And, and to your point, the weekends in general, I try to keep extremely clean. Sundays, I like to yeah. plan my week, but uh, yeah. uh, you know, but it's just, just just time for me to get away and do something. But man, that means a lot. That makes a lot of sense. I, I know exactly where you are right now. Exactly <laughs> where you are. Yeah, um, like we should hang out more. We've got some. Yeah, problems. we have a lot of yeah. The ADHD, the the imposter <laughs> syndrome, you name it, man. Um, how about let's do this. We get we'll 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 fire around the last couple of categories here. How about giving back, genuine contribution? Where do you like to? What do you like to? What, what's your contribution look like? Man, I'm uh, really trying to figure that out on the charity side. I was really heavy into. Uh, a charity about a year ago. And I just kind of, I kind of peeked through the 990 or whatever and realized that my funds weren't going where they, where they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of in a weird transition where I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to start giving more locally, like to my church and just local community charities. Um, Or there's a couple of veteran charities that I am friends with people who've uh, like, there's one in, in Texas, uh, heart fire, fire, uh, I, I will have to revamp, but my, one of my buddies was like really struggling and got sent there for like a month or two and they like turned his life around, right? He was on the brink of suicide. Um, and so some of those charities are, they hit home. So I'm kind of trying to feel out like which one is they're all, they all sound awesome, but it's like, which one are my funds actually going to go where they need to. And then as the, as far as the like donating time, I'd like to coach my kids, uh, you know, t-ball or or ba- baseball game team this year because I was doing that a little bit in Hawaii, and uh, I just like to find a way through my community. I do a lot of free content and free stuff through the community, but I don't do like one-on-one or group like free like mentor calls. So trying to figure out like that might be a good way for me to give back a little bit more is just like. I hear a, a future, a future, uh, you know, not, I don't want to call it a business, but a uh, for, from uh, military to millionaire charity fund. I just, just throwing it out there. You never Maybe. know. You never, you never know. Let's do a question from the card game, the GoFundance card game, to wrap it up. And uh, here's the question. This actually speaks. I think it's funny. Like I generated this before. I didn't, did. right? But as our conversation goes, this makes a lot of sense. What's something you don't give yourself enough credit for? Oh. And the, the imposter syndrome, uh, <laughs> that's bubbling like, up. You know, I don't want to answer that. I don't know how to, 
I don't give myself enough credit for the brand as a whole and, and for what we've accomplished with that. So someone, we were recording a podcast the other day and it was me and my co-host from my show, both being interviewed. And my co-host was like, basically was like, yeah, David is the, he doesn't realize it yet, but he's the, you know, the, the brand and turner of, of military real estate or the, the, whatever the, yeah. you know, the, the guy. And I've never even thought it like that thought has never crossed my mind. And yet I realized like, I am the, the, like, this is the single largest, like military real estate entrepreneurship community. If you factor all platforms uh, that I know of in existence by, by far. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, I just want to, when you hear me talk about it, I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like I just kind of started blogging and documenting what I was doing and then it exploded. Next thing I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this thing? Yeah. But I mean, the reality is like, you know, I put out 600 YouTube videos, 150 podcast episodes. I've been making videos and content for three years. So it's, I don't allow myself to, I'm like scared that if I give that to myself, that the ego will pick up and ruin it. So I I hold back on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that the governor you're talking about, right? Like truly releasing yourself. So maybe we'll go do a, a ayahuasca trip together. Who knows? But <laughs> I'll what? watch you Pichu's on my to-do list this there year. There you go. So, you know. There you go. Never know. Never know. <laughs> What's the best way for folks to learn more about you, find you? Where do you want to direct people? Yeah, if if you want to just talk to me directly, Instagram at from military to millionaire. I respond to everybody unless you're a you know spammy like yeah you know I want to expand your Instagram. Yeah, (laughs) send me five hundred dollars and I'll send you five thousand next week for guarantee. Yeah, uh, with your extended car warranty. Right. Right. Um, that's that's good. Or if you want to get into the the community and the brand or or reach out. Uh, really at this point you can pretty much just Google military millionaire or from military to millionaire. It'll it'll pop right up. You'll have it there. Man, amazing getting to know you a little bit more. And it's been great connecting with you. We will definitely continue to talk because there's so much similarity. Like, I see what you're doing. I'm amazed by it. Um, I can't imagine where the imposter is in that. And I know that that happens, you know, with, with me. You know, it feels weird to say, like, I know I'm doing amazing things. Like you said, like, ah, that's not what I mean. I want to keep that humility. But, you know, you get the point. We always see the other person is doing something at a level that's like beyond what we are. But, man, I can tell you from afar, at least, uh, you're doing incredible things and you're serving an amazing community. So kudos to you. And I'm so glad you came on. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Well, that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach and give as much value as we can to you on a week to week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that one to $5 million range or our champion division at 5 million plus or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast and you'll learn all about what this whole GoBundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon.